Hi, this is Cameron. And I'm Jorge Luis. Today, we get to continue our conversation with the Executive Director of Education Equals Hope, Celeste Bundy. We are so excited to continue hearing this story, so let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of Education Equals Hope. And my name is Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I am the co-founder of Education Equals Hope and the director of the program here in Ecuador. And I am the coordinator of teams and training for Equals Age here in Ecuador as well. With that, training stuff is really taking off in huge ways. <laughs> I can't wait to wrap back around to have, have another podcast, another episode about that. But anyway, I digress. Um, uh -huh. As our dear listeners know, Education Equals Hope exists to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. We are so thankful for those who make it possible, who donate, who are a part of our support team uh, and provide micro scholarships. Don't say scholarships, sponsorships. Scholarships. Micro-sponsorships. Micro-sponsorships. <laughs> for our students uh, here in Ecuador and around the world. Um, we're especially excited to have Celeste mm -hmm. Bundy back with us today. Hello, Celeste. Hello, Cameron. Hello, Jorge Luis. Oh, my. Hi, Celeste. She's making fun of us already. We I just know. started. It's kind of hard to say hello, Jorge Luis. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know. I know. Uh -huh. Sorry, that's what you get for mocking us straight off the bat. That's what that is. <laughs> but we are excited to have Celeste back with us uh, for this episode of our Hopecast um, and to take us on a little deeper dive into the, the global process yeah. of Education Goals Hope. See the big picture, um, not just what happens here in Ecuador. So welcome back, Celeste. Oh, now is when I'm supposed to say hi. Hi, Cameron. <laughs> hi, Jorge Luis. Sorry, I was so excited. I couldn't wait any longer. You are such a goose. Okay, you, <laughs> tell us about the programs and tell us how many students are in them. Okay, so um, as I mentioned um, last week on the podcast that we are in um, five different countries. We are in Costa Rica, Haiti, Ecuador, Kenya, and Rwanda. And globally, we actually have the opportunity to help over 1,200 students go to school on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, and what I find even crazier sometimes is that since uh, we were technically started tracking numbers, um, which was back in uh, 2010, we have helped over 11,000 students in a decade. Mm. So everyone who has given or prayed or walked alongside of Education Equals Hope in the past decade, give yourself a pat on the back. And uh, we just, we honestly could not do this without you. And a virtual high five. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just extremely humbling, actually. Um, so just to kind of give a breakdown, some, some hard numbers. Um, and we really try to tell stories of hope. Um, but I think one of the stories of hope, um, that we want to share today is just in the numbers is, um, we help, uh, about 30 students in Costa Rica. We help 700 students at our three ministry sites in Haiti. Uh, in Kenya, we have 160 students that we help, uh, within six, uh, ministry sites. Mm -hmm. Um, actually uh, a new ministry site that came about because of COVID. 
Um, it's a safe home for boys who were living on the street. Hmm. Uh, in Kenya, um, there was a nas- nationwide curfew instituted. And uh, these boys, since they were homeless, had no place to go. And um, one of our, our coordinators was like, I feel like I'm supposed to do something for these guys. Mm. And uh, he just took a really huge leap of faith uh, and started renting a building. Oh, wow. And now we have nine young boys um, who uh, are just absolutely precious. Um, they have a safe place to live. They have a, a meals every day, and they now have the opportunity to go to, go to school um, thanks to our supporters of Kenya, our work there. That's so um, it's Celeste, just I think a, you an amazing over- story of hope and actually um, a, a really big blessing that's come out of COVID for us. Um, and I then think, I'm going to interrupt you for just a second and say that you um, you gracefully skipped over the crushing part of that story, which is that there were young men that were were beaten uh, for breaking curfew, curfew, uh, uh, actually to death, and that's one of the things that prompted that pastor to say this: this situation is not okay, and we have to figure out how to do something. So yes, sure. his huge um, leap of faith was a life or death difference for these young men. It was. And um, unfortunately, we had um, some students who their mom had gone out to, um, she'd gone out to look for food and um, she did not come home because she was um, killed by the police for being out after curfew. And, um, and it was, you know, I mean, we all were in a, um, a time of questioning of what is happening in our world. And, um, and so that was a story that came to us, I think on a Monday and then like Wednesday, it was like, Oh my gosh, we've interacted with these boys and, and these boys are being killed by the police. And, um, and what can we do? And, um, you know, sometimes you, you know, look in the bank account and there might not be funds there to, to start something, but, um, you're right. Edward took a, a leap of faith and, um, it has been amazing to watch his faith grow and, um, f- to watch the boys just grow and stature and, and, um, and now they have dreams for a future. So it's, it's, it's super powerful to see how, how their lives have been uh, positively changed. Yeah. I've, mm-hmm. Um, I came across, a. A a quote um, from a pastor that said, don't worry about being fair, worry about being engaged. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes we think, well, what can I do? I can't do anything for all of these children. I can't do something for every homeless kid. I can't, it's it's not fair. If I can't do it for one, if I can't do it for all, I'm not going to do it for one. Um, And this pastor talks about how kind of that's the lunch lady mentality that, you know, you can't go back to to get seconds on pizza at the school cafeteria because if they can't give it back to if they can't give everyone a second slice, they're not going to give anyone a second slice. He's like that. That's fine. in the elementary school cafeteria. But don't let that be your guiding principle in faith. Um, Don't worry about trying to be fair. Worry about trying to be engaged. And so I just really am thankful that we can support someone who is, is that engaged and the, and the community and the world around him. Thank you for sharing that. And then last, but certainly not least, um, we are, um, 
we work with the Blessing School for the Visually Impaired, mm-hmm. which I shared a little about bit last about time. Mm-hmm. last time. Um, and we help 32 students go to school there. So add all those numbers up and um, it's a little over 1,200 students um, that we work, uh, that we walk alongside of every single day. Every day. Um, yeah. So it's super powerful to, to, to know that those 1,200 students are having the opportunity to be enriched by relationship and, um, and receive an education um, and a micro-sponsorship. A sponsorship, thank you. <laughs> yes, it is a micro-sponsorship. Um, as we look at those 1,200, 1,300, uh, I didn't write down all the numbers, <laughs> um, for this current school year and know that it's been over 11,000 as we have um, officially been registered since 2010. We know that it actually started in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know who's counting. Um, but what is, what is the financial impact? Celeste, give us the nitty gritty. How much does it cost to do this? What's the budget? Well, each um, ministry site coordinator, um, that is another way that Education Equals Hope is a little bit different than other organizations, is that each person, each ministry site coordinator is personally responsible for raising their individual budgets. So we have, you know, some budgets, like Costa Rica's budget is right at $12,000. Our larger programs uh, range anywhere from $100,000 to $125,000 in annual need. Um, but a hundred, like I know the Ecuador budget this year is $110,000. Like yeah. we're, we're able to walk alongside and do relief work and support education for all of these students and their families and do the pastoral care, um, w- with them through the network of churches. We're able to do that for $110,000. I mean, I just get and, excited yeah. about that because yeah. it's a huge number and it's daunting when we're trying to raise it. <laughs> but at yes. the end of the day, that's not actually... It's, I mean, we're not talking millions. We're talking on just little drops in the bucket. We are talking little. We are talking, you know, uh, numerous. Um, of, we call our, our donors our community of hope who um, give anywhere from $5 a month to, you know, well, we have people who give much more than that. But, you know, really, I think our average is right around the $50 a, a month average. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year, we actually ended up raising more money than we did in 2019, which was only wow. God. Um, but we are, we raised about $780,000 in 2020. Wow. $780. Is that what I said? $780,000. Just a zero here or there. I'm working on yeah. first grade math with Liam too and putting the zeros and the ones and the tens and the hundreds. <laughs> yes. So, um, so if, you know, when I look back on 2020, if we would have had the opportunity to bring teams down to Ecuador and to Haiti, um, we would have been closer probably to the $900,000 mark, um, which is amazing. Um, but again, yeah, we had know, a full like, docket of teams. Yes, we had <laughs> a full docket. Um, Oopsie doodle. Yeah, but, you know, but we've also been able to implement virtual short-term teams and um, other ways to get people um, into relationship with our, with our partners around the world. So, um, yeah, so our goal this year is just to pretty much stay consistent with 2020, um, to raise almost $800,000, um, which would enable us to, um, not only keep our current budgets to meet our current budgets globally, but it would also help us to, um, expand our programs. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously we have a lot of need for virtual education. And it's just um, getting bigger. I get asked a yes. lot. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and every, you know, the, the blessing of this role is that there's so much opportunity. Um, every single day, it's a new need, a new, um, a new project, a new student who has um, a specific situation that needs a little bit more than that $39 a month, you know? Um, but uh, it's, all, it's, it's a blessing and a curse because there's, you know, we know that in God's economy, there is enough. Um, uh, and it's just finding creative ways to have people engage with that work. Absolutely. I just want to um, flesh that out a little bit. I had a meeting with Pastor Fabian, some of who, some of our listeners know who who he is. And he and his wife, Grace, run the ministry site at Carmen Bajo here in Ecuador. And he is so concerned for his congregation, his, the students. I mean, they have Uh an incredible student ministry and not like not like an American church student ministry. Like uh-huh. we're talking like definitely f- different. Food, <laughs> like food relief efforts, um, kids in desperate and difficult situations, four kids and a mom living in a 10 by 12 foot. That's their house. Right. And as COVID has been locked, being locked down here, mm-hmm. they're not allowed to leave that. You have five people in one room and you're not supposed to go outside and it's months and months. There's and no months. patio or green areas around their yeah. neighborhood. So you, there, there are no gardens. There's, yeah. there's, there is nothing green. There's nothing green. Bottle. There's no green, green spaces. And there's just two little beds and one little stove in the house. And that's all what they have. That's the, everything. Yeah. And so his, um, his great, idea he came this week to say Cameron do you think you could help us buy a toilet I'm, mm. I'm sorry say that again because <laughs> <laughs> um, they have access to a piece of property an hour and a half outside of Quito mm-hmm. um, in the countryside he's like we'd, we'd love to start doing just weekend retreats like take ten groups of students 10 at the time how many of they can fit in their little h1 Hyundai van um, with parents and, you know, guardians, all safe church, all the, all the good regulations, but take them up there. All we need to do is we need to be able to put a toilet in and buy some tents, but to just get these young people out of the city, get them out of this 10 by 12 foot room that they have been living in. There are students that have not left their homes in a year. And I know that that is mind boggling, especially in the North American audience. North American, especially North Carolina and South Carolina, where so many of our awesome, awesome supporters live, we have big cities, but we we don't have you know two million people living mm-hmm. in a in a thirty four mile long valley, mm-hmm. um, and so the idea of like you really can't get out here, even though you're in the gorgeous Andes Mountains, and if you can look over the building, you can see a beautiful mountain, but you can't touch it. You can't roll in it and, and <laughs> so you can't smell it. Um, and so those are some of the, the projects that are now coming to us, the mental health projects mm-hmm. of, and really seeing the, the mental health toll on young people as, um, as the pandemic wears on again in the U S there's great hope that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, by this summer, you know, I read different things. Maybe people can meet by July 4th and have an outside, uh, larger outdoor gathering, but here in Ecuador, we don't, we don't have that light yet and trying to figure out how to safely, um, help young people get out of their, their little room house room things. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. And it's providing hope. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the, the things that, um, you know, being able to go for a walk around your neighborhood or, 
um, have a little bit of more flexibility. Uh-huh. Um, it, it is, it's, um, you know, it, whoever thought, Hey, I'm going to raise money for a toilet. I'm going to raise a thousand bucks for a toilet. We need to build a cistern and get some pipes. But But how exciting. We we had the opportunity to um, do to help with, with from Rotary um, Uh to build toilets for a school in Kenya. And it was amazing to see these people like I want to give a toilet, you know, like, let me give a toilet. But thank goodness. They are really, really valuable. And you have no idea how valuable they are until you don't have one. You don't have one. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. So, you know, when you look at, um, you know, obviously uh, we are education equals hope, but, um, and we do focus primarily on education, but um, when you're in relationship with people, um, you mm-hmm. find out of different needs and, um, and we, again, want to just come alongside of our students and their families and the communities that they're in, um, to, mm-hmm. to support those efforts. Because yeah. um, it's, the, it's the whole person. It, I mean, obviously we're going to do the academics, but we want to support the churches as the churches mm-hmm. walk alongside the whole, the, the holistic, the whole person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just, I kind of wanted to share a little bit about how we make that how we, that is one of our core values is holistic development. And one of the ways that we, there you go, Margaret, that is the other core value. My friend asked me what it was. Holistic development. (laughs) There we go. There's a little shout out (laughs) back to you, Celeste. No problem. Um, let's see. So holistic development, and we try to implement our core values, even in the nitty gritty, even in those things that aren't as fun as telling stories of hope. But, you know, when we look at our budget, it's like, how can we holistically develop our partners and the people that we have opportunity to to serve with? Um, So, and I just want to make, make that clear. It's, we are not serving people. We are serving with people, you know, um, it is, a give it and take, both, a bath, yes. both and. Reciprocal relationship, right? I've heard that um, somewhere. Yeah. So we've implemented over the past two years a, a very interesting program called our Give Back Grants. And um, the first year that we were doing, we were able to, do, to give back to our partners, so our, our in-country partners, so Ecuador, um, Lakai and Cavion, um, Savignette, Katie, Katie. That's a mixture of Kenya and Haiti. And Haiti. <laughs> I don't know who Katie Ken- yeah. is, but I don't even know what Samantha. <laughs> Sorry. So Kenya, Rwanda. So um, in 2019, we gave back. We had give, give back grants, and we um, we chose to give back five thousand um, dollars, divided evenly among those. Um, countries based on the the amounts of funds that they had raised the previous year. Um, And then last year, we were actually slated to to give back $40,000. And we're so, so thrilled by that. Um, And uh, and then COVID happened. And so, yeah. But... Um, just looking at the, the faithfulness of our donors and mm-hmm. um, the stability of the organization, we were like, we are still going to do this. We might not be able to give back 40, but we're going to give back 15. And then um, this year, we were able to give back $25,000. That was awesome. It was incredible to get that email as a yeah. ministry partner to say, oh, wow, like the general fundraising 
the generosity of others. That is awesome. And that each ministry site got that, uh, got that email to say, thank you. Thank you to each one for doing their part. Celeste, I'm going to cut you off right there. I am so sorry. We are out of time for this episode, but we will have you back again because there is so much to share. And you know so many stories of, of hope around the country or the world or the various countries uh, where Education Equals Hope is. If you would like to be a part of Education Equals Hope, if you'd like to be a part of our support team, please go to www.educationequalshope.org and find that donate button. We don't exist without the generous donors who make these micro scholarships happen and exist. So thank you so much. And we look forward to our next Hopecast. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to our Hopecast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org, or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.